from the very beginning, just having the mindset of, you know, this wasn't a mistake. Like God formed you, like you weren't, you didn't just happen. You were designed, um, which again was like a, a struggle for me. Welcome to Just Go With It, a podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings. Fun, flirty, and keeping it real. An absolute riot, these two. If it isn't over the top, it ain't us. They came out of college on top. Then life hit them in the face. Be a bit more professional, please. Couldn't shut us up then. Won't shut us up now. Here are the tips and tricks you are going to need to get through your 20s. We are getting into it. Strap yourselves in for a wild ride. Live on air. I'm Abby. And I'm Ashley. Good Lord, it's already season two. Grab a drink, take a seat, and get ready to just go with it. What's going on, you guys? Happy Friday, happy hour. It's sunny in Nashville. I'm so excited. I'm sure it's sunny where you are, Ashley, in LA. It's always sunny here. It's, it's always, always a good sunny day to be in Philadelphia, away. and it's always sunny where Ashley is. Um, we're so excited for the weekend. It's Valentine's weekend this weekend, but you'll be getting this next Friday. So I hope everyone had a fun and safe Valentine's Day. Um, today we have a guest, and we're so excited to welcome Amy Bream. She recently competed in the CrossFit Games in the Adaptive Division, and she has an amazing, incredible story to share with us. We're going to dive into self-confidence. We're going to talk about faith and overcoming obstacles in life and just kind of pick her brain about everything she's been doing. If you want to look her up so you know who we're talking to, she's one leg to stand on on Instagram, which is such a clever pun. I love it. Um, and so we'll we'll get into the whole story with her, but we're so excited to welcome Amy. And I met her at the gym at Title Boxing. And so I had seen her around, got to know more about her story and just immediately knew we had to have her on the podcast. So welcome, Amy. It's a little bit windy in Nashville too. So although it's sunny, it's a little windy. So bear with us. A little bit, a little bit. I'm sorry if you can, uh, my audio playback, you gotta love it. So if you can hear background noise, I apologize in advance. That's yeah, all good. So give the fans just a brief little background on who you are. I did some research on you, but I feel like I'll let you speak for yourself as opposed to me telling your story. But um, who you are, how you got to Nashville, how you got involved in the CrossFit Games. Let's kind of start there and then work backwards, maybe. Yeah. So I've been in Nashville for seven years. Um, I actually started CrossFit just a year ago in, in January. Um, but I've been in Nashville seven years. I actually uh, am from a small town in Pennsylvania originally. So grew up in Pennsylvania, went to a small private Christian school out there as well, moved out after graduation in 2014, and been here ever since. So I actually came to Nashville thinking I was going to do music. As uh, everyone so, does. As everyone me. does. <laughs> Except yeah. for you, Abby. <laughs> Except for me. Very much. So I, I still love music. It's very much part of my life, but not in a career aspect. Um, but actually when I moved here, I had never done really anything athletic, like at all. I barely ever worked out in public. Um, but in 2015, I joined private. boxing. Yeah. So, uh, I joined title boxing just for fun, um, learned to box then learned to kickbox. And it just started this journey for me. Um, I've, I've had a birth defect since I was born. Um, so I have a prosthesis, which is like a fake leg all the way up to my um, hip on my right side. Um, so I've had that since it was time to learn how to walk, uh, but I, I just kind of avoided sports and athletics. So when I joined the boxing gym, I was also getting a new type of leg and I just wanted to be more active and more confident. So just kind of this crazy journey I never really expected. Um, but yeah, I learned to kickbox and then I started to weight train. And then uh, last year, my uh, coach moved to work with us 
at Title. Um, I also work as at Title at operation as operations director now. Um, and he kind of introduced me to some CrossFit workouts, and it was the first year ever that CrossFit has an adaptive division um, competitively. So the really, uh, I didn't know that was the first year. Yeah. So I had, I mean, I had never done CrossFit before. Actually, an adaptive athlete reached out and told me that there was an adaptive division for the first time, and I literally like I just found our message the other day, and he was like, "You should do this," and I was like, "Y'all are beasts!" Like crazy I can't do that literally and he's like well you have two months to train before like competitions that's crazy okay for people who don't know CrossFit is like the most intense thing you don't just pick it up it's not really a thing that you just casually decide to dabble in then you go to the CrossFit games two months to train is nuts absolutely nuts unless you've like been working out since you were 14 and like really intensively so like that's actually insane in and of itself so props to you for having first of all I feel like it's more mental than anything just being able to like gear up for that yeah it was definitely I mean obviously like a physical push but uh it was definitely more mental than anything um Mm -hmm. just believing I belong to be there and get there and could do it and all of those things but yeah so that competition was in August and I've actually had two competitions as well since and actually in two weeks believe it or not um there's something you start with the CrossFit Open which is like Mm. your first qualifier to be able to get to the games and that starts in two weeks hard to believe very cool yeah my friend Kellen from Title, Kellen if you're listening shout out she is doing the CrossFit Opens it's her gonna be her first competition um so she's really excited so why the hell aren't you, Abby? Why the hell am I? Um, I joke around. I'll, I'll like make this joke at the gym. I'm saying I'm not here to compete. I'm just here to look good. Like I just want to get like a nice summer vibe. Like everyone has their different reasons for working out. We don't need to shame them. Um, no, but I actually work out for like my mental and physical health and I really love it. But I just make that joke because it's funny. Um, but can we talk about, so I read in an article, Amy, where you once said that the word athlete wasn't even in your vocabulary. And you were saying how it was really hard for you to have the confidence to work out in public. You mostly only did it in private. So how did you make that mental switch? Because I know a lot of people for many different reasons struggle to join gyms, to work out in public. They just are very not confident with it. So what would you say to those people? How did you overcome that? Yeah, well, it was it was a lot of things because I didn't really do any one thing with the mindset of like, I'm going to go to the CrossFit game to like, like with these really big goals. I just knew that um, I remember having a conversation with uh, one of my best friends and we both were talking about lack of confidence and things that we had. And I was like, we talk about this all the time, but we're not actually doing anything about it. So we should like do something about it. So we decided, I was like, we always talk about the power of our words and like what they you know, mean to us and they really do can affect do affect like your life and so we decided to do positive affirmations and so every day for a year I wrote down like three specific insecurities of mine and like said the opposite um every day for a year so I set a reminder on my phone did that every morning I mean again I didn't start it with any like lofty goals in mind I was just like let's see if this works I'm honestly a pretty like skeptical person I'm definitely like I can be very positive, but also I'm like, I'm not kind of a realist. Yeah. I'm not a sunshine and rainbows all the time. So I was like, we'll see if this works, but I gave it a go. And, uh, at the same time I was going to the boxing gym and, uh, I was getting my new legs. It was a lot at once, but I just kind of was taking it one day at a time. And like a year or so into it, I had lunch with a friend that I had known for several years. And she was like, Amy, I don't know what you've done in this, in this last year, but you're like a different person. And like, you're still you, but like, you're so, you carry yourself so much differently. And I was like, oh, well, I've been saying some positive things about myself, whether or not 
believe them. So like it must be doing something. And it's just been like a step-by-step journey. I think people get overwhelmed by like big goals or the idea of confidence and it just feels so elusive. Um, but it's really about like picking a small thing that you can change and control every day and starting with that and being consistent with it. Well, first of all, you can tell that you're really disciplined just by even saying that you did that and you stuck to that for a year because a lot of people, I'm reading Atomic Habits right now. I'm not sure if you've read that, but it reminds me of that a lot because a lot of people will go in to having certain goals and they're too vague. They'll say, I want to be more confident this year. But what does that really mean? What are your tangible steps to be more confident? And if you say, I want to write down three affirmations and say them to myself every morning and every night before I go to bed this year, that's how you're going to reach that goal of being confident. So little tiny tangible steps like that is really beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. And I couldn't agree with that more. Was walking into the boxing gym part of your confidence year long journey or were you already boxing prior to that? Or where did that come into the picture? Um, So it all kind of coincided. I had been boxing for a few months um, and that definitely helped because I had always like working out in public and in a gym. I just kind of hid in the corner, wore really baggy clothes. Not that you can't wear not baggy clothes, but I did it from like a not a good place. I was like very self-conscious. But I like, yeah, so I I was just kind of like, oh, let's try this. And I went with a friend and it was the first workout that I was just kind of like it was just me in a bag like I wasn't mm-hmm. really focused on anyone else and I had fun and I was like oh working out can be fun so it's yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it just was like the first step for me and then in that um in that same year I got my new prosthesis and up until then um until I was I mean since I was a toddler my legs had always had like a foam cover to make it blend in as much as possible when I talked to my doctor, my prosthetist about this, I was like, I want to be more active. And he's like, well, you should really take the cover off because it's going to let you be more active. Mm. It was a really big mental block for me because it was just, it felt like a, I can't hide this anymore. Um, but it ended up being like the absolute best thing. Um, and it just kind of like put the leg out there for people to see and then just move <laughs> on with it. It was just like, all right, right, this is a conversation unless I make it a conversation. I can imagine so, that's very freeing. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be, but it really was. Did you so. just jump head first into that decision? Yeah, when it was time to get the new leg, I was like, all right, let's do it. Like, at that point, I mean, I was 24 at the time, like, and at that point, it had been 24 years of not to that. So I was just like, all right. So, um, yeah, I got that new leg made, which was quite the process. That was actually pretty difficult. Um, but at the same time, I was boxing, and then it was that, like, next Christmas that I started talking about, like, positive affirmations and then go so that whole process it was honestly some of the hardest years of my life people you graduate and you think that life is going to be a certain way and then you just get like hit in the face like so many times I don't know if everyone's experienced- you're telling us Amy that's what the choir, yeah. podcast is about it's like nobody talks about how hard it is post-grad in like so many different facets like it's just you're you're thrown a lot and you're basically told to just juggle it I swear, your first your final year in college you should have a class where you just go into a dark room and get the shit beat out of you and then <laughs> like, this is a metaphor for what you're about to take so all right you too, well, they just- i love that visual i love that visual why didn't clive <laughs> offer that class actually right? so that's kind of how i was feeling but just kind of slowly was trying to claw my way out of like a hard place a hard really really hard mental place honestly um and then it just eventually, it wasn't even like I realized what was happening. And a couple of years into it, I looked back and I was like, wow, I've come so far. I didn't even realize mm-hmm. it. So, 
So aside from kind of getting rid of the stigma that you weren't an athletic person or that you weren't considered an athlete and you were more of a musical person, how did you kind of form your identity to be something other than what it was? Because I think a lot of people get stuck putting themselves in one box, like this is who I am, this is my identity, I'm this kind of person, as opposed to, like, for example, I used to think I wasn't that athletic of a person, or I wasn't like a gym girly. Like, I'd see people saying the gym is my happy place. And I'm like, y'all are nuts, like working out sucks. These people are crazy. And then eventually, one day, I just kind of woke up and I decided I'm, I'm going to the gym like four to five days a week. I am a gym girly. That's part of my identity now. And I love it. But it takes a long time to like, pull yourself out of one box and put yourself into another, which we all should be doing because especially in your 20s, try out all the boxes. That's my motto. Like, why would you kind of pigeonhole yourself? But how did you go through that identity formation? Um, Well, I think I stopped being so afraid of being bad at something, you know, Mm -hmm. like, especially like, one, fearing what other people are going to think of you. um, And two, of being of being bad at something. Like I always said, I was super unathletic. It turns out like I'm very stubborn and I actually am not that unathletic. I'm just like, you just have to practice it. Like there obviously there are certain things I'm bad at. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of things I'm bad at, but it's like, it's like you pick up a basketball for the first time, unless you're like, I mean, even Michael Jordan didn't make his high school basketball team. Like you have to work hard and obviously you're going to have natural ability in certain things that you'll have a natural affinity to, but that doesn't mean you can't get really good still with hard work. So I think I just stopped being afraid of that. So, I mean, the first time I took a boxing class, it probably looked like an idiot. Like the first time I kicked no, same. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first, the first time I, I, so I picked up a barbell for the very first time in 2019. I didn't know anything. Someone was like bench press. I was like, what does that mean? Um, like literally and like, no, we're at the CrossFit game. <laughs> I didn't even know how to put clips on a bar. Like yeah. literally like my boss made fun of me. I, I don't dropped even know what that means. <laughs> and that's fine. And that's fine. Like, that's the kind of thing that I'm saying. Like people have all this like fear and shame around that. And like, if you don't know, you don't know, just admit it and let's hey, learn. You just gotta ask. So you've hit on dedication a few times. What for someone who isn't as dedicated, whether it be working out or some other facet of their life, what how do you recommend to kind of get that ball rolling and start practicing it? Um, I think dedication, it's definitely like a mindset. I think you have to choose why you're doing it for one. Um, Like for me, I mean, people joke about it and maybe like going to the gym for me is not physical. It might have been a little bit of that to start but I realized what I actually like when I'm tired the first motivator to go out of the window is like I don't give a shit about what I look like like I don't care about abs I'm tired bye you know like that for me and it might not be that way for someone else but I do it because I really really like the mental push and I genuinely like learning so like that's what keeps me going so you have to find like a strong why that actually means something to you and you have to be willing to again choose something small Whatever feels overwhelming, break it down into small. Even if it's like, yo, I can't think about tomorrow. Okay, what are you going to do in the next hour? Because you Mm -hmm. do have the next hour. So what are you going to do with it? So Mm -hmm. like breaking those things down and then starting with that. Because I heard a quote um, once, I think it was by Jordan Peterson, that he said it's not that the more that you do, the less afraid you become. It's the more you do, the more brave you become. Which is like like so true that. It's like, I mean – if I tried to go to the CrossFit games four years ago, absolutely not. I went last year after a lot of like hard work on self-confidence in three years, but I was still scared out of my mind going to the CrossFit games. It was just like I had continually seen what 
pushing through a hard situation did and was like on the other side of it. So is more willing to push through that fear. So I'm a big promoter of the idea that there is a lot of overlap between fitness and real life. And obviously, I mean, exercise is good for us. We all know that, but not everyone is going to be a diehard gym person. I mean, I think anyone should do whatever exercise they look forward to and that they enjoy. But when you put yourself, when you challenge yourself with fitness and you overcome a lot of physical obstacles, it does help you have confidence to overcome obstacles in other areas of your life. I love what you said about breaking things down into something small, because if I, when I first started at Title, if I would have looked at some of the workouts in full, like written down and said, you're going to do a hundred burpees today, and you're also going to lift a shit ton of weight, and you're going to do so many reps of this, I would be like, so overwhelmed. Like, I can't do that. Like, that's your first thought is like, I can't do that. That's crazy. And then you start doing it and you just break it down rep by rep. Like all I have to do is finish this tiny little section. You can't think about all the rest. And that really does translate to other areas of your life, like work, how to be productive in your job, how to be productive at the grocery store, just little things. Like it gives you so much confidence to walk through the world with. So if anyone's listening to this and you're thinking like, this is the year I want to get into the gym, I'm such a big supporter of it. Like just start because it really has helped me personally in so many areas of my life and breaking things down one by one like that. Like it's funny because when I started getting, it happens less now, but when I started getting really into fitness, like but like all my friends and even family, like I'd be like, how are you? And they'd be like, I'm doing well. So I worked out two weeks ago and they like <laughs> felt obligated to tell me their plan. I was like, Great. Okay. Like you don't have to do, you don't have to care at all about fitness. Like that's fine. I'm a big proponent of it because it does translate into other things, but you don't have to, it doesn't have to be about the gym. Like obviously music and fitness are very like the same dedication, the same practice, the same focus on breaking things down um, for it in order to like have a bigger product at the end of it. It's the same thing. I just, what I like about fitness is it's like tangible. Like it's very physical. Like it's meant like your mental and your physical is constantly connected. Uh, and that's just easy to translate into other situations in life. So, yeah. And there's been so many times where I've been so exhausted in a workout, just thinking I can't finish this. I can't do this, but then I end up doing it. And then that translates like to other areas where I think I can't do something. And I'm like, yes, I can. I can do anything. Yeah, yeah you know? absolutely. Totally. I know that your mindset and confidence shift happened over kind of, you said, the span of a year. Looking back on it, though, is there a one mentor or, like, figure that you can point out and said, oh, that person had a pivotal impact on what was going on in my life? Um, I think there's always been, like, obviously, like, I have friends. All of that is great. But um, I, I have usually, like, two or three people in my life at once that I let me – that. I allow to keep me accountable. So I'll share goals or something with them. And then when I don't want to do it, usually it's like that best friend or coach or whatever to like, tell me, no, you're going to do this because you said you're going to do it. So I think that, um, definitely one person, you know, my family has always been amazing support system growing up. Uh, my brother-in-law, I had like some pretty significant moments as I was getting to know him. Uh, he's a Marine, retired Marine and Damn. he's very, to the point. And he, when I was, I think in college, 
high school or college. I can never remember. Um, but he called me out on like a family beach trip once because he saw my lack of confidence and was just like, hey, like you look at the ground when you walk, like you do this, you do this. Oh, like, wow. what's I think I crashed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like straight up. And Were I was you just shook to your core. Were you just like tripping over your words? I would freak out when he did that to me. Yeah, no. And, and I, of course, started giving like my little pity party of like, well, why would I wear like something that showed my leg? Because it's not attractive and like all this kind of stuff. And he was just like, no, like and he pushed back and he was like, confidence doesn't come from what other people think of you. And it doesn't come from what, what you look like. And he's like, if you don't want your leg to be, be a big deal, you don't make it a big deal. Like, because I was talking specifically to him about dating and he was like, you think that guys are reacting to like your leg but they're reacting to you like you feel self-conscious and they feel that and so they're uncomfortable around you because they can tell you're self-conscious if you don't give a shit they're not going to give a shit and the few that would aren't worth your time anyway so that is such a good advice I because like think one. about all of the little insecurities people have about whatever it may be that cause them to not be their full confident selves when approaching dating when approaching talking to men in general and it's like if you at least pretend not to give a shit about it, nobody else is going to. Like, at least start with pretending, fake it till you make it, and then maybe you f- eventually will just not give a shit about it, and that comes across. I love that. Yeah, it's true. And so he, like, then practically gave, he's like, we're going to play a game, like, confidence scale. He's like, you're like a three, and you need to be a ten. Oh. So I'm going to you shit to do, and then you're going to do it, and, t- and I'll tell you when you go up the scale. So it would be like... some examples? <laughs> like, like, wear a skirt in public look a boy in the eye, ask a boy out yourself, like that kind of Ooh, stuff. Wow. I love a challenge. I love a call I mean, to we action. Open up yeah. a confidence boot camp. <laughs> right? Wait, we'll bring Amy on as a consultant, confidence boot camp with Amy. <laughs> there we go, yeah. But he was, he was like my, my own Yoda for a few years. So uh, he definitely cool. was pretty pivotal and like making me uncomfortable to a point that I needed to be to make a change. Obviously, your brother is confident. I think I'm a fairly confident person, but it really takes something to turn to someone that you love a lot. Brother-in-law, hey. actually, not even brother. Brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. Not even blood. It takes a lot to say <laughs> to someone, I see where you're like lacking in confidence, which is such a vulnerable thing about a person. Seriously. Now That's I'm gonna, what you like, get when you have a Marine, though. I bet he just doesn't give a flying fuck. And now I'm going to like, Bleed into you and beat into you until you fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I knew. Love. I knew it was coming out of place of love, and he like, I knew he was a straightforward person. So I was like, all right, well, we're just jumping right into this, aren't we? Yeah. So, so we don't have to dive down this road too far, but I kind of did want to open up the discussion a little bit to attractiveness, like traditional what society says is attractive and things like that. Everyone has their insecurities, even supermodels, but we all go through it something or another that we don't necessarily like about ourselves. I can't imagine what it would be like to grow up without a limb because that's just a whole nother realm of it. So can you talk about your journey with that? And I mean, I'm sure we all struggle with comparison at one point or another, but kind of your, your thought process with that and what it was like growing up. Yeah. Uh, definitely struggled with it for a a lot. Um, I would say, I gained confidence. It did force me to gain my confidence, not from what I looked like. So even like from a kid, like I did have an amazing family and support system that taught me like, you know, inner beauty. Like it just helped me be, I'm not perfect by any means. I'm not saying that. I'm just, uh, it helped me be, have a little less of a shallow mindset when it came to certain things. Um, So I liked me regardless of what I looked like. 
um, so I think that was like where I started. Um, I definitely lacked confidence in believing that uh, like a male would find me attractive. And so that's like, I was confident in who I was as a person, but not in, in what I looked like. It's almost kind of like opposite of what mm-hmm. sometimes we can struggle with because we want to fix out or for inner. For me, it was like, yeah, I'm cool with me, but like no one else is going to like it, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. feeling. Um, and so that's gotten way, way better. Um, still not perfect, honestly, but like I do recognize from experience that if like when I am confident in who I am and like express that, it really isn't even much of a conversation. Um, and like I found that, you know, you are like, a, a, like confidence is attractive, like more so than anything physical. So much. I totally agree. Guys, girls, anybody, it's totally attractive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've met, I mean, honestly, this sounds shallow, but like I've met really like what we would call outwardly physically attractive males that like constantly cut themselves down. And uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, nah. <laughs> like, nobody has time for that. <laughs> I don't know what kind of pity party we're throwing out here, but I don't got time for that. So you keep talking like, yeah, it's just that kind of feeling. I'm like, oh, well, if I feel that way, they probably feel that way too. So, um, and I think too, like, uh, yeah, I, I like, it definitely was a struggle. Um, but it was also, it gave me a unique perspective to like, kind of have to forge a deeper kind of confidence. Um, so again, like that, I think also has helped my mindset in the gym because I'm like, I'm going to wake up every day and have one leg. So when like some, you know, I'll have people ask me like, how do you deal with like cellulite? And I'm like cellulite? You think I give a shit about cellulite? I'm bigger fish to fry. Leg. Shut up. I can't believe anyone would literally even ask that up to you. Like what the hell? But, but you know, on the same token, like I'm glad that they do because those yeah. are questions that girls, but then like, I think one thing I do, I can provide is like, a, a attitude shift like I had a friend once talk to me about how much she hated her calf muscles and oh, she no. just I love that she felt comfortable around me honestly to just like not even think about it so she, she we went we were walking up like four sets of staircases at the time and she was like I'm like double stepping because it's faster for me on one leg up the staircases she's like I just hate my calf muscles and I hate how they look and she's like a beautiful girl beautiful beautiful and that's what I'm telling you is even the prettiest people have like the weirdest things that they tear themselves down about yeah and then at the end of it I was like well at least you have two of them and she was like it was just like one of those I was like I don't usually do that but I was just like yeah we need a a shift here yeah it's a reality check a little bit yeah. And that's like, that's not even to put those people down because if you've never had that perspective, you've never had that perspective. Like I can't blame you for that. I don't walk around thinking Jesus that I have two arms every day. You know, it's just like, it is what it is. But when you do have those moments, you're like, all right. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. And then yeah. I you think know, you have a really good perspective on that too, of like being gracious with people, because first of all, we live in a society where if people have different viewpoints than you, it's, there's no grace. Like people are just, we stick with the sides of the people that are like us and that's the way things are going. So I think it's cool that you're able to be like that open and, you know, funny about it because what else are you going to do if you can't use humor? But I also saw something you posted, um, like when people complain about how hard the workouts are in the gym and they have two legs, obviously. And you're like, well, I have one leg, so it's a lot harder, but you're like, no, I can't think that way because I choose to work out with full able-bodied people. So it's just a different perspective. Like you could work out in an adaptive athlete gym solely. And that would, you guys would all understand each other's perspectives, but 
how were you always like that understanding of the different perspectives somewhat um I think honestly I'm so I'm the youngest of four kids and that really helped me having three older siblings because they never let me get away with that kind of stuff like I think if I was an only child my mom would have wanted to like maybe coddle me a little bit more about that but she my siblings were definitely the ones that were like no she's fine like make her do it and um also, like when I was being a brat, because I definitely was a brat about stuff. I still can be a hundred percent. You can always like, play that card if you like really wanted to. Yeah, oh, hundred yeah. percent. Um, and and people that don't know me well will let me get away with it. Um, but my siblings, you know, having those people and and even the people I work out with, they're like, no, 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 like that's not how that works. Um, and I say all the time, it's not about if it's fair or not, it's about what you're capable of. So if I'm capable of working out with two-legged people and keep up with them, then I should do it because that's a privilege. And there's millions of people in this world who would kill to have three limbs, you know, like that, that's the kind of, it's like, who am I to complain about my one leg? I'm doing just fine. So, um, I think that is really, you know, that's, that is a perspective that I, that I'm grateful to have, but it didn't only come from me. It definitely came around me reminding me of that and um just like not letting it be an excuse ever so yeah. this is a perfect transition to your family because I wanted to ask about your experience growing up and at birth as well because from what I read you they weren't able to tell the doctors weren't able to tell that you were going to be born with one leg until after you were born so have you ever talked to your parents about like what that was like that experience and kind of the emotions that it took on your family as they were raising you yeah um, I've asked my mom a good bit. I think they're always very careful about making sure that I never feel like I was a burden. So my mom was just like, well, we just, we weren't expecting it. And it was like, all right, well, here we go. You know, it was just. It's like a give it right there. Weren't expecting it, but. They, they were not expecting it, but they really just took it in stride. Honestly, like they're like, all right, we're like an hour away from the, a good like hospital and, and, you know, care for this. So when it's time for her to walk, we'll just do it. Um, so both of my parents were incredibly supportive. Um, I mean, my mom especially was at like every single like appointment up through college with me. Um, like, I mean, just yeah, like so many things. And so they were always supportive. And then, you know, when it came time for me to have certain milestones, like I remember second grade, we started swim lessons in school and I said I wanted to swim with my friends. So my mom came in and like showed my friends one of my old legs and like explained to them like she's still your friend, but she's gonna take her leg off. So like don't get freaked mm. out. <laughs> you know like <laughs> I can that. imagine that being hard for like, little kids. Like Yeah, for really. sure. Um, but me like always feeling constantly supported like that definitely like was like, okay, well like if they're doing this and not complaining, then I'm not going to complain about it because they're being mm -hmm. so great mm -hmm. about it. So it was just like a cycle where we just supported each other. So I know that you are strong in your faith and is that part of your upbringing or did that come about later in life? Uh, it is a part of my upbringing very much so. Um, so I grew up in a very, very um, faith-based family, honestly, pretty conservative um, growing up. And it's funny because I grew up very small town. Um, so I feel like, you know, we talk about your 20s just kind of being a slap in the face uh, after college. So like really, um, I always had a strong faith and that always meant a lot to me. Um, and when after college and I moved to a city with a lot of people that were really, really wonderful people and believed nothing like I did. Are you talking about Nashville or a different city? Yeah, Nashville. Um, I know I, well. I even stayed 
like my college that I went to is 20 minutes from my house. So I really didn't leave the area. Yeah. So when I came out here, it was like all of a sudden I had to find out, figure out for myself why I believe what I believe because I was with challenges of like everything just didn't feel so black and white. And, um, so that in the last couple of years has really like, I would say my faith is stronger than it's ever been. And it's also probably more different than I ever imagined it would be. Um, just because I was like, Oh, Jesus is real, but life's a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good bumper sticker. (laughs) Like Jesus is real, but life's a bitch. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I was so, about to ask because everyone that grows up, like Abby and I have, has grown up in um, a faith-centered home. You still have to have some sort of uh, moment yourself. You can't just base it off of that until mm-hmm. the day you die. Yeah. You still have to have some sort of figuring out moment on your own. So can you touch on some of the faith-based verbiage that your parents would give you as a child with an adaptation, kind of pushing you through? I'm sure there was so many challenging things growing up of just feeling like, why me? Like, why Why did God choose me to have this, this journey, this route through life that so many kids don't have to ever go through? Yeah, um, definitely the, the passage. I mean, like, I remember growing up my room, we had... Uh, like a stitch, a stitching, you know, like a nice little stitching heading, uh, hanging in my room that said, Amy is fearfully and wonderfully made. So like everything, a lot of, lot of those types of things. Um, like, you know, like God knew you before you were born, knew all the hairs on your head, everything that was going to happen. Um, but a passage that was really remarkable for me was, uh, John nine. Um, it's like, it's actually Jesus healing the blind man at the well, but they ask, uh, the disciples ask him, Jesus, who sends this man or his parents that this man was born blind. And Jesus says, neither, but this uh, happened to the work of God made it may be displayed in his life. So it was just kind of like, from the very beginning, just having the mindset of, you know, this wasn't a mistake, like God formed you, like you weren't, you didn't just happen, you were designed. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, was like a, a struggle for me, because I was like, why? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh, is that design like, You're this like cool, is cool, 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 but why me though? <laughs> Legit anyone else, but no, but it was like having this a mindset of like use this for a purpose. Um, and I didn't, I never really knew exactly what that purpose was, other than like the other than the verses, like let the like let Jesus be displayed in your life. And I think that's everyone's purpose, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Like if you share that faith, that's should be your goal to be as close to Jesus as possible, as close a replica. You won't be because we're the worst, but we can try. And just believing, yeah, like it's not me, but I'm going to like step out of my own way and try to, you know, stay as humble as I can and just let him do his thing. So I think that's kind of how I've approached whatever I do in life, whether it's music, athletics, Instagram, whatever. So do you feel like you found your purpose? It's funny you say that. I honestly, I just think my purpose is to just it's not unique to me. I think it's to reflect Jesus. And because I did, like we talked about identity, like I found my identity in music. I was a musician. Like mm-hmm. that's what I was going to do. I was, if I wasn't playing, I was going to be working in the industry. And Until you primarily were you piano or saxophone or yeah, piano, saxophone and voice. So, okay, so you're a singer, Ooh. you know, uh, no, but I mean, everyone in Nashville is, but no, yeah. So right. I, <laughs> <laughs> I wish, Amy. I wish. That's okay. That's okay. I try. <laughs> uh, 
But I think so I had a lot of things in Nashville happen and I just got like I was really beaten down mentally and I was like exhausted and I was like, I don't actually want to do music anymore, but that's how I found my purpose. Like that's what I felt like God's calling was. Like I think growing up in Christian homes, we hear this like overused term of like, what is your calling? And Mm -hmm. I always felt growing up that if I missed my calling, then shit, I'm not gonna be blessed and it's gonna be a crappy missed the boat. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I feel like I've been trying to walk in God's calling and it's still been hard. So I think um, I read this book called The Will of God as a Way of Life by Jerry Sitzer. Um, really good book. Um, and it just, he he suggests in that book that and brings up the point of like, I don't think God cares so much about what we do. I mean, life is changing. Cultures are changing. He created the universe. Like, why does he care what you do? He cares about who you are. I love that. That's going to bring that one line is going to bring so many people such peace because I'm someone who also struggles with that. And I'm trying to figure out what my purpose is, what I should be doing, what job I should be doing, where we should be living. Like, how do you live out God's purpose for you? And it's like, that is really eye opening. I think you just cracked the whole thing open. Yeah. He just, he only cares about who you are to your core and like who you want to be. And as long as you're working towards that, then that's his purpose for you. And that's so true. Why would he care about what we do? He's got bigger things to worry about. (laughs) I mean, and that was really freeing for me because I was like, maybe God doesn't care if I'm in music. Like, because right now I'm trying to be, and I don't like who I am. Like I'm bitter towards my coworkers. I'm bitter about my job because it's not what I want. Like, it's like, I'm not being nice to the person next to me, but I think that I'm living out God's purpose. What? And so it was just like dealing with like the inner part of me that was like, okay, where's this anger coming from? Where's this discontentment coming from? And like, Jesus mm-hmm. help me give me strength in these weak moments. And like, when I started doing that and like letting go, I like, I changed my job. Um, I just, I let go. I was like, okay, maybe music, maybe not, but I'm like, I'm, I'm putting all of that out of my mind that that defines who I am. And just like letting myself focus on the things that matter, Mm -hmm. really, really matter. And, um, so I, I started doing that and that's really when again, like, I mean, I started working at title cause it was like a fun, I had a random marketing job that I got. And then I, they asked me to do like front desk on the weekends part-time as a fun little side gig. And then like, I went there full-time to as an, in another position. And then I started working, like I started taking my workouts more seriously. And it was just this progression that I didn't see any of it coming. Um, but it was just like, I was trying my best again, not perfect, but I was trying my best to focus on who I was as a person. And it didn't matter what environment that you're in or what you're doing. It's just who you are. Like you can be a mailman, you can be a singer. Who are you? and just Mm -hmm. go from there. Do you feel like God was kind of nudging you in directions that you weren't even looking for? Because I feel like a lot of times it's hard, it's easier, hindsight's 20-20, so it's easier to look back and be like, oh, here is where he was closing one door and opening another. But you're someone who's kind of made it through most of, are you 30? Are you 29? Uh, I'm about to turn 30. Okay, so you've made it through the majority of your 20s, and that's like the hardest decade, honestly, I feel like, of life. And there's just so many people struggling with trying to figure out which direction to go. But were you kind of like, oh, I kind of understand now the way God was pushing me out of music and maybe towards fitness? Or do you think that's just kind of a stop on the way? Um, I think I definitely like hindsight. Yeah. I see things where like doors had shut. And at the time I was like, why? And I had like, again, my very few accountability people tell me like, maybe you'll look back in a couple years and not understand it, but maybe you will. 
And that's definitely happened where I've looked back and be like, oh my gosh, thank goodness what I thought I wanted at the time didn't happen. And this has happened instead. Like, and I never imagined, never imagined that I'd be doing literally anything that I am right now. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, But I think too, it just opened my mind up to like changing my mind of like what God's purpose and calling on my life into that open, like, who am I just made me feel so much more free to not be afraid to like step out of the will. If that makes sense. I was like, am I allowed to like this? Like, am I allowed to like work in this job? That's not what I thought when I was 16. I like the religious guilt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. We all carry it. <laughs> carry it. And it's just like, oh, am I something that I thought you know because it's the the idea that like as a 16 year old or an 18 year old you're gonna like know what you actually want to do no honey life is nothing like you think all Mm -hmm. right you might do that but you probably won't it's so Uh much more trial and error than we could ever imagine (laughs) truly yeah a hundred percent and so like when I stopped when I let go of that I was like I'm gonna be less afraid to just like other things yeah and still love and that Jesus. goes back to the identity thing too because you don't have to just be one thing you can try on as many different things as you want as long as you know who you are to your core or you know who you want to be anyway I think. yeah exactly so that's that's what's led me here for sure for anybody who is either like at ground zero does not have a big faith-based background or they're just feeling lost and they're just kind of searching a little bit what would your advice be in that type of scenario like trying to redefine the relationship with god a little bit one i would say well if you're feeling weak and lost know that everyone does like you're not alone literally every single human i don't care who you are has felt that so just take comfort in that for a second um and also um, with, with God, for me, uh, again, like, I think I had a lot of religious guilt, self-imposed, um, you know, growing up. And so when I say like my faith looks different, but it became a lot more real to me. Like when I was very frustrated and dealing with anger, I was less afraid to just say it. Cause I was like, it makes no sense that I'm like tiptoeing around, like talking to God in my own way when I'm like, he created the universe. And I really think that I like, he doesn't actually know what's going on in my mind. Like what? Like that makes no sense. I'm like, dear Jesus. When in fact, I'm like, Jesus, I'm pissed at you. Like, (laughs) you know, it was just one of those things where I was like, okay, like he can handle that because like, this is where I'm at right now. And I'm trying to still like stay, I'm trying to understand in whatever capacity I can. Yeah. And I think a good reminder too, is that he accepts us exactly how we are, exactly where we are, whether we're so far in our faith, we don't even remember why we ever believed or we were stronger than we've ever been. He still loves us exactly the same and gives us the same grace. So that's also encouraging. Grace is real. The older I get, the more I realize how much I need it. Um, and I, yeah, so I think those things, like I just honesty with like, if you don't, if you want to believe in Jesus, but you don't, or like, you don't understand one, join the club. And two, if he created the universe, which sounds not so, then he'll handle your thoughts and what you say. And he so knows your heart more than you know it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so just start where you're at, ask those questions. And then again, like take one step a day. So. And asking questions is healthy. It means you care. That's something yeah. someone told me a long time ago. And I've always thought about that. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so as we're closing out a little bit, do you have any books or podcast recommendations that you like that help you either in your faith or just stay motivated or any that you just enjoy? Also, a devotional Ooh. recommendation. Selfishly, I'd like to I'd love I feel to like know. You have one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I think devotional. Honestly, one of my favorite books is by Bob Goff. Um, oh, I love him. So uh, he has a devotional. It's his oh. second book. Okay. Um, is it Everybody Always? Yes. Yeah. That one is great. And then what's the first one that he wrote? This is love awful. Does. Love does. Love does. <laughs> like Wikipedia. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. Like I love that book. Yeah. It is funny. He's, I've heard him speak and he is, he sounds exactly like he is when he speaks. Yeah. Edward. He came to Pepperdine a couple times and spoke. Yeah. Really? yeah. yeah. Um, so I love that book. Um, I mean, there's a couple of, of books that I, that I really like. I think, um, I mean, I really like C.S. Lewis too. I mm-hmm. like his his thoughts. Um, and someone now that I just like listening to his podcast is Jordan Peterson. Um, I, yeah, sometimes he he gets some heat for what he says. I just I, he's super super logical. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if he is like a self proclaimed Christian, but he looks at Christianity a lot as like just a. He's very, if he's not a Christian himself, he's very intrigued by it. And he thinks that it's like a really good way of life and morals and like way to live. And he's just, yeah, I just love his, his mindset. I'm like What's a very. What's his show called? Oh, that's a great question. Honestly. Jordan, Jordan I think Peterson? Jordan Peterson. Yeah. He's pretty big. If you the just. Jordan Peterson show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so, yeah, he does like tours. He's actually coming to Nashville soon. But oh, he's cool. to listen to. So. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. And I mentioned this at the beginning, but where can the people find you all over? Pimp yourself out. <laughs> so um, just Google one legged girl. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so uh, primarily Instagram is one leg to stand on. You just spell it all out. Um, one leg to stand on. Also on TikTok is that. And um, uh, website, which right now is just a very pitiful blog, but it's in the process of getting updated. So there will be other things on that website as well, but it's all, again, just one leg to stand on for any handle or one leg to stand on.com. So. Awesome. Perfect. You should write a well, book. Have you thought about it? Yeah, write a I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have actually. Um, I've, I've actually been, I love writing. That was like uh-huh. my first love English. Um, and so I have been writing some and that is in the, in the long cool. term. Thank God. I could also <laughs> totally see you going to like high schools across America and motivating the mm-hmm. heck out of some youth. <laughs> if this one little girl can do it, you can too. <laughs> exactly. That's, the, that's yeah. actually the title of the speech. Right? <laughs> exactly. No, I would love to do more speaking and writing. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us. It's been so great hearing your story and talking about faith and life and confidence with you. So thanks for being so vulnerable and we really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and go ahead and leave us a review. If you're looking for even more comedic, relatable content, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at justgowithit.podcast. That's all for now. And don't forget to just go with it.